I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 337. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I know I normally use songs you're listening to on the radio to point us to scripture, and that puts us in the contemporary Christian music category most weeks. But every once in a while, I like to sneak in a hymn because of the wonderful truths woven into every line. And this week we will be using Shane and Shane's version of Before the Throne of God Above to explore scripture. So to get us started today, let's listen. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. The great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives and pleads for me My name is graven on his hands My name is written on his heart I know that while in heaven he stands No tongue can bid me this deep heart No tongue can bid me this Did you know that historically music was used to hide God's truth in the hearts of the congregants? Hymn writers would weave in points of theology and doctrine so that as you repeat the lyrics, you declare deep spiritual things and tuck them into your memory. Uh, This week's hymn is no different, written in the 1800s by Charity Bancroft. This hymn was originally titled The Advocate. A truth that sent me over to First John chapter 2, where Jesus is specifically named as our advocate when it says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. There's so much in there to unpack, and honestly, I got distracted for a while looking into it, but it was actually the reference to Jesus as our high priest that ultimately took top billing in my study time this week, and that sent me to the book of Hebrews. So feel free to follow my rabbit trail to First John, but we will actually be spending our time today in Hebrews, and I think that just gives an example of there's just no right or wrong way to handle these things. I mean, it could be a word, a phrase, a thought, a, a, a character study. Anything could inspire you to go and read God's word. And any time that you spend there is not 
wasted. So as always, my desire for you is, again, to discover and meditate on God's word for yourself. So as part of that goal, I actually encourage you to read the entire book of Hebrews this week. And this way, you can take the bite of reading in context. Now, bites, uh, B-I-T-E, just uh, stands for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And these are exercises that I use each week. Reading in context is my favorite. And Hebrews is only 13 chapters. So if you don't think you have time to sit down and read Hebrews all all the way through the 13 chapters, perhaps you could listen to it. That's another bite. Listen to an audio version of the text. And my favorite resource for that is the Bible app from YouVersion, and it's available on any smart device. And I'm not going to lie, Hebrews is longer and somewhat more complicated than the shorter four or five chapter epistles that you might read But if you listen to the audio version, it will take about 45 minutes. Of course, you could break that up if you need to, 10 minutes a day for three days, for example, and then you will have listened to the entire book. But I'm challenged by the knowledge that I can easily burn 20 to 45 minutes on social media or fall into my chair every evening and watch a 45-minute episode on TV. And so it's worth investment to read or listen to the entire book. So find a way to make it happen for yourself this week. Now, you will find as you begin to build a habit of interacting with God's Word, which is the next step beyond merely reading it, There are times when we need to back up and learn a little so that when we read God's word for ourselves, we approach it with a greater understanding than we'd had before. So as I mentioned, I did a little study on Jesus as our high priest, and I used the bite of consulting outside resources. Now, I do have a commentary that I referenced alongside my study Bibles, but I also used free online resources as well. I will link to all of that in this week's show notes found at michellenizat.com forward slash 337. Now, there are a quite a few places in Hebrews where Jesus is referred to as our high priest, like Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 14. It says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, that's so good. Or in Hebrews chapter 7, it says the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. He's talking about uh, just earthly priests. But he holds, Jesus holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save, excuse me, to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once and for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath which came later than the law appoints a son, capital S, who has been made perfect forever. Oh, so it's so rich. As you read Hebrews, uh, you will see that the central theme is the priesthood of Jesus Christ, what he is doing now in heaven on behalf of his people. In fact, high priest 
is mentioned 17 times in the book of Hebrews. So as you're reading it for yourself, keep your ears attuned to each mention of it as you read or as you listen to all of Hebrews. But before we get to those areas, Jesus being a high priest and better than the other high priests and all those other characteristics that we just read about, um, we need to nail down in our minds what the role of a high priest was was. And that's why I said, basically, if you can do a little extra study, then as you approach scripture again and you read the words high priest, now you have a, a better understanding of exactly what they're even talking about. So in the Old Testament, after the Exodus, God ordained Moses's brother Aaron and his sons as priests. And men from the tribe of Levi would serve as priests, but the high priest was the supreme religious leader of the Israelites. And in Leviticus chapter four, we learn that the high priest had to offer a sin offering, not only for the sins of the whole congregation, but also for himself. And it was the priest's job to represent the people before God. So get that picture in your mind, because whenever Jesus is being referred to as the high priest, that's the picture that I want you to have. However, we see the high priest's work of representation most clearly on the Day of Atonement. And you can read all about that in Leviticus chapter 16. And I actually encourage you, um, you can, of course, go to all these different references that I'm talking about. But Leviticus 16 is going to be really important. So I encourage you to do this for yourself. Take the time to read the details and soak, soak it all in. But in summary, the Day of Atonement was that annual occasion when the high priest would prepare himself and then take the blood of the sacrificial bull and the sacrificial goat into the Holy of Holies to atone for the sins of the priesthood and the sins of Israel. Again, representing the people before God, the high priest confessed the sins of the nation over these animals and the scapegoat, which was sent into the wilderness. You can read about that. Pleading for the Lord's pardon, offering atoning sacrifices on behalf of the people. And Leviticus chapter 16 ends with this in verse 34. It says, and this shall be a statute forever for you that atonement may be made for the people of Israel once in the year because of all their sins. All right, so in his commentary on Hebrews, Warren Wearsby says this, Aaron was chosen by God to be the high priest. He was chosen from men to minister for men. And his main task was at the altar to offer sacrifices God had appointed. And unless the sacrifices were offered in the right place by the right person, they were not accepted by God. So again, God himself established the office of priest, and he himself established the various sacrifices for atonement and forgiveness. But of course, there were limitations because first of all, the people kept sinning. I mean, they remained stuck in sin. There was no end to the sacrifices because there was no end to the sin. There was always a need for atonement. No high priest, again, could hold the office permanently because they would die. Uh, This meant that in one sense, the whole process of atonement had to be restarted again with every high priest. Because there was a brand new mediator representing the people. So we see the work of the high priest includes sacrifice for sin and continued intercession on behalf of the people. But these roles are fulfilled completely in Christ because he is both the sacrifice and the high priest who ministers to God's people on the basis of his once for all offering on the cross. Okay, so Christ is the perfect priest who can provide complete salvation because of his perfect offering. Now, beginning with that end in mind, now let's turn our attention to the book of Hebrews, 
The first mention of Jesus being our high priest is in chapter 2. In verse 16, it says, For surely it is not angels that he helps, he being Jesus, but he helps the offering offspring excuse me, of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Now, other versions say atonement for the sins of the people. So if we follow the bite of starting with God, uh, two bites, starting with God and making a list, (laughs) then we can begin to see many characteristics of Jesus, our high priest. So when I say start with God, I mean that normally we approach scripture with a what's in it for me attitude. But if we can train ourselves to take a step back and start with God, then our perspective will be better when we seek to see how scripture should impact us. Well, it'll it'll get there. It'll it'll get to the place where it will impact us so that we can see what's in it for us. But we need to start with God. So I love also making lists because for me, it helps organize that information in my brain. I, I, I read it in a new way. And for me, it just sinks in better. So if I start with God or with Jesus in this case, let's make a list of a few things that we learn about him here. First of all, Jesus helps the offspring of Abraham. Uh, elsewhere in the New Testament, we are called children of Abraham if we have saving faith in Christ. So it's not wrong to say Jesus helps us. Okay, so you could put that on our on your list. Uh, Jesus was made like his brothers in every respect. You see, he was fully God and fully man. And this is a, an important distinction um, that we could unpack a little bit further. We don't have time today. Uh, he may he became a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. And he made atonement for the sins of the people. So see, our our study so far has already shed a little light as we read these verses. So if you do your due diligence and you read Leviticus chapter 16, for example, you will have all of those details in your mind. And so when you hear the word atonement and sacrifice and all that, you'll see where that background came from. And a practice that had been going on throughout the ages. And you'll have a different perspective as you read. So let's reread the verses that we read out of chapter 4 at the beginning of this episode. Uh, It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace so that we we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we have our list. Jesus helps us. He was human. He became a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. He made atonement for the sins of the people. And to that list, we would add, he passed through the heavens. He is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He has been tempted in every respect that we have been tempted. He is without sin and he offers mercy and grace. Now, what does it mean that he passed through the heavens? Well, it literally means he passed through the heavens. When he ascended, he literally passed through the atmosphere and he is now enthroned with God on high. And I love Wearsby's declaration. How much better is it to have a high priest who ministers in a heavenly tabernacle than in an earthly one? And I agree. So let's stop here for a moment and consider the original high priests and use the bite of compare and contrast. That's another Bible interaction tool exercise, compare and contrast. So if we go back to Leviticus 16, we read God's words to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark so that he may not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. 
Now, then, he, then God went on to explain exactly what would have to be done to enter the holy place or the holy of holies. And only on this one day a year, the day of atonement, was the, was the high priest alone allowed to enter. So don't go into the holy of holies or else you'll die except for this one day. And here's what you have to do to make that happen. Now, the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant was God's throne in Israel. But again, the people were not allowed to approach at all much less boldly approach. So here you've got the con- the contrast of a Holy of Holies that was completely off limits to everyone and a throne that we are invited to approach because our great high priest sits on the throne. He's made a way and he's invited us to boldly approach it. Now, when you keep reading in Hebrews, you'll see more comparisons and contrasts between old covenant high priests and our new covenant great high priest. God appointed both old and new covenant high priests. Okay, so uh, the high priests are appointed by God. That's a comparison. Um, Contrast, old covenant high priests were sinners. Christ was sinless. There were many old covenant priests, and in Christ we have need for only one. They were temporary. He was eternal. He is eternal. They had to sacrifice daily. As we've discussed, Jesus sacrificed once and for all. They offered up sacrificial animals. Jesus offered up himself. So as we wrap up today, even though we've barely scratched the surface of this, let's look at chapter nine and read something that without this extra study may have seemed a bit confusing but hopefully makes more sense this time around. In verse 11, it says, When Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of his this creation. So he's talking about the tent of meeting, that the, the tabernacle in the Old Testament was a tent. Um, and of course, Jesus being a, a person, a greater, more perfect tent. Okay, he entered once and for all into the holy places. Not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, right? So not by means of the sacrificial animals, but his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. So not one that had to be done over and over. Verse 13, if the blood of uh, goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh. So this was what was required and, and and it was required for sanctification. Verse 14, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So this sacrifice was made. It was perfect. It was eternal. It doesn't have to be made over and over. And it is so that our we can be purified to serve the living God. Verse 15, therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. There's so much more to say as you read that, even as I read it out loud, I wish we could slow down a little bit. That's another bite um, to slow down. If, if you read it and you're like, huh, I don't understand that. Break it apart. Make some lists. Read one verse at a time. See if you could say it back to someone what you think it's meaning. Uh, but uh, and as you understand and you read some of the, the history of, of what the high priest had to do to, and the sacrificial process and all of that stuff that will bring a, it'll shed a, a huge bright light on what you read here in Hebrews. Um, There's so much more we could study together to compare and contrast so that some of the Old Testament stuff that you might normally skim or skip over uh, begins to make sense in the light of Jesus Christ, our high priest. 
And then we never did get out of the first phrase of our song, but I think we can with great understanding sing before the throne of God above. I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. So what's next? Read Hebrews for yourself. Try listening to an audio version of the entire text while keeping your attention again on each mention of high priest. Read Leviticus 16 to get clear on what was required of the high priest on the Day of Atonement. Make a list of characteristics you learn about your great high priest, Jesus Christ, who can provide complete salvation because of his perfect offering. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat. My public page on Facebook is Michelle L. Nizat. Let's talk about what you're learning. And if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You are never too late to jump in. You just submit your name and email address at michellekneezat.com forward slash 30 day challenge and you're in. And before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who who've subscribed recently like Tim and Penny from Tennessee. Welcome. And new subscribers to my website benefit from a one page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. I hope that's a really uh, useful tool for you. Uh, you'll also get an, an email once a week that will, again, give you basically the show notes of that week's episode. So you can always find it on Online, but if you're a subscriber, you get it in your inbox. I also create a little memory verse resource uh, to help you along the way as well. And sometimes I am able to create some extra um, extra resources for a podcast episode. And if you are a subscriber, you automatically get that. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes yet for the podcast? Uh, This not only encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using My Weapon by Natalie Grant to lead us to scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 337. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.